Hello and welcome to the 29th episode of Inside the Brain Of, where I'll interview a movement specialist to get inside their brain and try to understand how they incorporate neurokinetic therapy into their approach to patient or client management. My name is Eric Nelson. I'm a board certified sports chiropractor and NKT instructor. If you're listening and you're not an NKT provider, Hopefully this podcast will give you some insight as to what NKT is and how you can utilize it to help your patients or clients. Make sure you like and feel free to share the Inside Your Brain Facebook page. You can also find these podcasts on iTunes. And if you go to the Facebook page, I'll have a link there to both of those um, pages, the Podbean page as well as the iTunes page. Now before I get into my interviewing my guests here tonight, which I'm very excited to have on the show tonight. Uh, I always like to talk about some things that are on my mind. And the biggest thing on my mind right now is the symposium coming up next month, September 18th through the 20th in San Diego. It's our first ever and possibly our last. <laughs> Planning's been a bear. Uh, but our first ever symposium that we're having, and we hope that you join us there if you've taken an NKT class. It's open to anybody who's taken class. And if it, we will have uh, different breakout sessions uh, for uh, specific levels. So if you've taken level one, you don't have to be certified. You can take the level one track. Uh, if you're, you've taken level two, you could take all the level two classes. And if you've taken level three, you can take all the level three classes. We have an incredible lineup. Uh, David Weinstock, our, the developer of NKT, will, will open up the ceremony uh, by speaking on manual muscle testing. And actually, I think I jumped ahead a little bit about the best part of the symposium uh, that happens before we start teaching is that we have our cookie bake-off competition. Uh, as a judge, I'm very much looking forward to that. But uh, then we, once that's over with, we'll start in with the uh, with a teaching, and David will open up, and then I'll be doing a level one workshop on uh, on the shoulder, specifically utilizing uh, movement and understanding movement in your assessment. Uh, we'll do some review. We'll do some hands on. And um, I think it'll be a great class for anybody of all levels. Uh, Kathy Dooley, the great Kathy Dooley, will be speaking on the pelvic floor. Uh, Thomas Wells on the sacroiliac joint for a level three. Uh, Carolyn Watson will be speaking about the limbic system. Uh, she'll also be talking about scars. And Ruben Serrano uh, will be talking about breathing. Uh, Jamie Francis will be going over gait. Uh, such a great lineup. Again, Kathy will be speaking on Sunday as well, as will myself with uh, Len Urshaw, my good friend, will be talking about the hip. Uh, Noah Drucker will be talking about pelvic ligaments. The great Perry Nicholson will be talking about rock tape as well as corrective exercises. And Salio uh, Silva will be talking about shoulder corrective exercises as well in his workshop. And Thomas Wells will be speaking uh, as well in introducing some new concepts to NKT. So very, very exciting. I'm excited on so many levels to, uh, to, to, to learn, to teach, to see people that I've met through Facebook. Uh, I, that's one of the big things I love about teaching and traveling is getting the opportunity to meet people face to face. And it's just going to be a great, uh, a, an incredible weekend. And every speaker, um, I have had the honor almost every speaker I've had the honor of interviewing for my podcast. I think I got Ruben I got to get to, um, but um, it's a great lineup. And again, it's going to be possibly a once in a lifetime thing. So hopefully you'll join us out there in San Diego. Um, just keep in mind that we will be having a cookie bake off. So that's all the more reason to show up. Uh, one other thing that's on my mind as well is that I recently, and I know I've said this before and I'll probably say it again at the symposium, is I recently taught a level two class in New Jersey, which I absolutely love teaching. And it just reminded me, as well as all the attendees, is how vital it is to continue on after you take level one to go to level two. I hate when people say, oh, you're telling me I have to take level two to understand level one. No, I'm not saying that. You don't have to. But level two makes level one 
make it it makes it make complete sense is what it does it makes it so much easier and manageable it gives you a little bit of a system to analyze a little bit of a hierarchy it teaches you some advanced concepts that are vital the diaphragm the pelvic floor the TMJ these are vital to assessing patients you need to have these tools and the way we break it down it makes it so much more manageable every single person said wow I'm glad I took this class. It really makes things a lot easier for me. I had a couple that were on the fence. They weren't sure if they were ready for it, and they got there, and by the end of the weekend, by probably the end of the first day, they felt like, wow, I am so glad I took this class because now I feel really strong with my level one skills. You will be using your level one skills for the rest of your life. Level two just lays it out and makes it a little bit easier. There's a little bit less information. Level one, we bombard you with a ton of stuff. Level two, it's a lot more laid back, a lot more practical information, clinical type of things. We give you some structure of how to utilize it in practice. Again, I can't say enough how vital it is. In fact, in conversations with David, I have a feeling that we're possibly down the line going to be requiring that you take one and two together or back to back or you sign up for both of them um, because it's vital and I know there's other classes that you have to take multiple three four five modules uh, before you really get their whole technique down so we've never required it but we have so many people that have taken level one that just haven't gone on to level two for various reasons and uh, you guys got to get on the on the on the on the bandwagon here it's it's incredible I guarantee you will love it it's such a fun class it's way more laid-back than level one and things really come together I know I've said that before and I and, and I speak the truth on that if you have any questions uh, on NKT obviously our Facebook page the scholars page is a great resource send me a message send one of our other instructors send an advanced practitioner we love to help um, you know, feel free to contact us. We'll guide you, maybe connect you with someone in your area. Uh, if you're not going to study groups, make sure you try to get to study groups if possible. I know some of them, some people have the capability to um, to Skype in on their study groups. I think Arizona with Sky has been doing that. Uh, so, so please take advantage of of the resources out there. We want you to succeed. We want you to continue to level two. And let me tell you, not only do I think level two is vital, but the more I incorporate level three, I think it's absolutely necessary. It takes your testing to a whole nother level. Not only do we get into scars and eyes, which are extremely high up in the hierarchy of when you're assessing a patient, but we teach you other techniques to, 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 make your testing more exact again I think all three levels are vital uh, to your success and the more you know um, the more success you'll have with your patients and the more you'll see how other techniques will fit in with your assessment as well too so again continue on to level two and please go on to level three we've had great uh, we've really dialed in the level three now, and it's 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 pretty standard class. If you have an opportunity to take it, I know the new schedule is coming out, so make sure you check out uh, the NKT website under upcoming seminars. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on, and I'll tell you a little bit later about some of the things I'm doing. Uh, I'm getting ready to, to, to go to Amsterdam in October to teach for the first time, and the class is pretty much sold out, so I am ecstatic about that in fact I'm already set up to go back in March for another level one so anyways enough about that stuff again feel free to contact uh, me through Facebook or or through the inside the brain uh, page or or through email Cairo rehab at hotmail.com or or, or or contact anyone else and you know feel free to send some constructive criticism as well I know a lot of people have offered me advice on the podcast and I think uh, I've listened and, and, and tried to improve it as much as I can so anyways, tonight I am extremely, extremely excited to speak with one of my favorite people in the world. He's the owner and founder of Escape Fitness in Medford, where he's a highly certified kettlebell instructor, and he has a strong focus on strength and conditioning. He also works with a lot of baseball players, and we'll 
spend a lot of time tonight talking about that because that's one thing that really fascinates me about him. His background includes certification and training in NKT as well as the FMS, which he utilizes with all his clients. In fact, him and his staff uh, pride themselves on their assessment of every client that walks in the door. From that assessment, they build a specialized program that addresses all of their clients' needs. And I can speak from personal experience because I'm one of his clients and he's helped me tremendously over the last year uh, recover from a nagging elbow injury. His assessment and his ability to assess while you're exercising and change thing up change things up on the fly is is amazing i hope that um that you have someone in your area that you can connect with uh that's as good as 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 my guest tonight because he's absolutely amazing he also coaches high school baseball works as a consultant to collegiate teams he's the only regional level three biomechanics pitching coach from the national pitching association he's worked with tom house the legendary major league pitching coach and also the nfl's top quarterback biomechanics analysis and he's also a nationally certified rotational hitting coach so tonight I'm extremely excited to get inside the brain of Christian Lee. Hey, Christian, how's it going? Good. How are you, Eric? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Although I'm looking at the clock, seeing how late it is, and realize how uh, how early I have to get up to come see you tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> we both might need some coffee before the workout tomorrow. I know. Coffee's on me. Anyways, thanks for joining me tonight. And um, again, I'm excited to have you on the on the show tonight. And um, you know, since we've met, and I guess that story is uh, one of my favorite stories that I love uh, telling people, so I might as well share it with everybody as well. Um, I was interested in kettlebells uh, uh, thanks to um, spending some time with Kathy Dooley, because she's, as if you know Kathy Dooley, she, she lives and died by the kettlebell. So I asked her if she knew anyone in my area, which at the time she did not, although that changes, and that's another story for another time. But, um, <laughs> but, um, she gave me some suggestions of people to look for uh, for certifications. I, I put in Google. I found Escape, and I went in there, and they didn't know me at all. They knew nothing about my background. They didn't know that I was a chiropractor or that I was a NKT instructor. And uh, you know, the first thing they said to me, and actually they said the same thing to my wife, who uh, who went and got me a gift certificate there, is that look. You're coming in here not for a workout. We're going to assess you. We're going to see what you're doing, and we're going to work on your form and your technique, and eventually you're going to get a workout. And little did they know that is exactly, exactly what I was looking for. And so for me, it was uh, love at first sight. And uh, I'm glad that I've uh, uh, found this place, and um, the respect that I have for them is enormous. And we've built a great relationship there. So that's how I met um, Christian here. And uh, I think, to, to my knowledge, it's probably one of the top places in South Jersey for kettlebell training, if not the top places. Uh, so, so, so Christian, I'm, I'm glad I met you. I'm glad you're on the show tonight. And I know you have an interesting background here. So I know you're a baseball player. So uh, tell me a little bit about that. How, how long? Well, playing baseball well thanks Eric. i appreciate that kind of words um i play high school and college baseball um i play locally in south jersey at cherokee high school uh graduated in 1998 went on to play collegiate baseball at st john's university in new york and finished up my career at rowan university down in south jersey um i wasn't into the fitness uh, world right away from college i actually got a financial job out of college, but I've always been involved in training, um, was working at the college recreation center as a trainer and then, you know, continue my career in fitness, even though I was in a financial business. And then, you know, when I had enough money saved, uh, that's when I decided to uh, start my own fitness career then. And so, where, yeah, where did you work out initially when you were working? Where'd you get a job at? Uh, initially, you know, I was working at the recreation centers um, in college, and then um, got a local uh, managing job in the fitness world and um, a local, uh, like a big chain gym. Um, then I wanted to continue on my fitness uh, career, open up my own studio in um, local town in Cherry Hill. And about five years ago, I founded uh, Escape, um, and it's been a, a great journey since then. So roughly about the last 15 years been in my fitness career. Um, I wouldn't ask for any other job. I mean, I just everything. I just love everything I do every day. 
And uh, how did you get into uh, kettlebells? Where did that come into play? Well, I was always interested in um, a different aspect in fitness and different modalities. Um, you know, I was really interested in training athletes and I was looking for a new edge. I was looking for different tools and modalities to use to enhance my clients' um, overall performance and, and well-being. And I, I was uh, doing some research and I ran into a, a company called RKC. Um, now it's kind of associated with two different companies, but um, I ran into their company and I, I got certified through their um, um, kettlebell certification and, and that's how I got involved. Excellent. And then how did you find out about the FMS and Gray Cook and wh- where did that come into play? Or uh, when- it was really, um, it's funny just how RKC was really big in uh, movement at the time and the founder, um, Pava, was really into um, correctives and doing things in a proper way. And Gray Cook was a huge fan of Pava at the time. So um, it was just like a, a great combination. Even even our Casey had a certification, a combination with the FMS. So, you know, I knew it was a right fit, and I just kind of jumped right in. Um, and and that's the story right there. <laughs> Excellent. And any other um, specialty stuff you do as far as your training goes? Any techniques that you utilize? Um, yeah, I mean, we. Ha- you know, my techniques is pretty much. Watching how I um, watching how my clients move uh, from the minute they walk in, and you know they usually don't realize that I'm actually watching everything they do from the posture to breathing and um, their conversations and gestures. And so I guess through the year through the years, and I've gotten better and better at watching people, and it gives me a lot of input before I even put them through assessments. So even before I go into FMS or any other um, movement assessment, I'm already watching my clients right away. And that has helped me greatly to come up with the right training uh, tools and and programs or regimens, anything that I can come up with. Awesome. And I I know you work with a lot of athletes. Um, How did you get connected with, um, you know, different high schools and stuff? Well, I was always interested in um, training athletes because, you know, since I was involved in athletics, athletics all the time from football, basketball, or baseball. Um, it was a huge passion of mine. And I wanted to continue to coach or train these athletes um, for a long time. And actually right now we are predominantly training athletes I and mean, we have general uh, fitness as well too. But predominantly we are training athletes uh, locally and regionally. Uh, I do a lot of consulting work uh, out of state, different colleges as well too and we're probably going to continue this way we want to be one of the best um, training team and company and not only in the state and the region to uh, continue our work with uh, athletics excellent and um, so you I know you've gone on and done some additional training um, can you talk a little bit about as far as the baseball stuff what what kind of training yeah you have? sure uh, right now, we're always looking for an edge. We're always trying to be the best, the frontier of training athletes. And we do have a ton of baseball players in our facility. Uh, since I played college baseball, and it's a huge passion of mine, uh, I coached baseball um, in a high school, college level. And recently, I got to meet a legendary pitching coach, Tom House, through a different seminar. And, you know, we just hit it off right away. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm flying out to California to meet with him one-on-one uh, probably within the next 30 to 60 days at USC. And um, I'm going to get to work with him uh, and talk about different workshops you can run in the East Coast. Um, I'm really, really eager to learn from him and also work with a lot of ton of great athletes that he has. Um, I can't even tell you how uh, fortunate I feel to work with a guy like Tom House. Um, I've got in a good relationship with uh, guys like Eric Cressy, who is the, um, you know, um, main trainer for a USA baseball team this year and he's done a phenomenal job as far as the uh, uh, training a proper not only technique but um, many different uh, anatomy physical physical anatomy with um, baseball players and how to train them properly and he's a forefront uh, definitely a forefront of uh, a proper training in, in baseball right now and, and I got I'm pretty lucky to be associated with this kind of people um, and I want to continue my work, and um, it's going to be a fascinating ride. Yeah, and didn't you recently train with uh, Mike Boyle as well, too? Yes, we took our staff. Like I said, um, we're really um, 
trying to stay ahead of a lot of training groups um, locally and regionally, and I got to work with Mike, um, brought my staff up there, uh, did some in-house stuff with them, and uh, it was a good experience. And just hearing from a guy like Mike Boyle, he was a, not only genuine, but just a really uh, down-to-earth guy. Um, it was amazing to uh, spend some quality time with him. Yeah, and, and I, as you just mentioned, you know, you brought your staff up there, and that's definitely one thing I admire about you is you're constantly working with your staff on, on training. Uh, you brought me and my wife in earlier in the year. We did a workshop, a breathing workshop with your yeah, staff. Yeah, great. That was a good time. Uh, you recently you had a, you you hosted a rock tape seminar at your at your place. Yep. Um, what was the last one you had? Uh, um, we talked to Emily Spickle uh, for barefoot training. Yeah, and that was a good that was a good class as well. Yep, that was a phenomenal class as well too. Excellent, and even uh, last year you hosted me for a level two NKT class, which was uh, which was great teaching uh, around home for the first yes, sir, time. It was great. That was awesome, and um, so great. We've talked about a lot of different classes and and things you did, but um, the one thing we've kind of slid around is NKT. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you first found NKT, and then um, you know how you implement it. Wow. Um, where do I begin? I guess I can start <laughs> by saying uh, NKT pretty much has made such a huge impact on the way we see things and the way we train our clients. It, it pretty much changed the landscape of our training philosophy. Uh, obviously, I found NKT through you. Um, even though I didn't know that's what you did before, the more time I spent with you and that's uh, how we got familiar and we took the level one and hosted level two here um, you know if you're wondering about what it is and if you're hesitating about taking NKT um, I would recommend to any uh, trainers and strength coaches out there it is only going to help you incredibly open up your mind and eyes and it's going to give you tools that, that you've been looking for and I know he definitely did it to me and some of my staff has gone through the certification process with me uh, it's I feel incredibly fortunate even more than all the people that I have met um, just the tool just the uh, knowledge and uh, mind that I, I carry now through NKT is something that I really feel fortunate about and so I appreciate and thank you for doing that actually <laughs> well you're welcome uh, well you know and um well, can you talk a little bit about how you utilize it? Because we, we have a great relationship and, you know, you send me some, some cases, you know, some of the more difficult cases, um, maybe people with chronic pain or something to that. But you do keep a lot of people in house. So can you talk a little bit about how you've incorporated NKT into um, what you do as a trainer? Because I know that there's a lot of trainers out there that are always wondering how they utilize it. Yes. Um it allowed me to communicate and see things in a way that I wasn't able to before. So, um, baseball, baseball is a very difficult sport, not only to play, but to continue playing the level that you need to. Um, and in order to be stay healthy and perform the way you should, your body has to be right. And with NKT, you can see things. If you see any kind of uh, movement dysfunctions, if some things just aren't feeling right or moving right, the NKT allows you to just connect those dots. So, you know, rather than, you know, a simple, you know, uh, suggestion be like, oh, just rest it or ice it or, or take a few days off, you get to really find out what's causing these problems and you get to really nail down um, what could be the issue here. And so, you know, you know, its performance is so huge in, in a high school collision and pro level and, and taking time off or season off could be detrimental to their, uh, you know, future and, you know, college or even on pro level. So, you know, with NKT, you can really, really be efficient and really find out the cause of uh, the root of all these um, uh, dysfunctions and pain or, you know, or, or uh, performance issues that you can you need to address. So, um, um, for example, you know, we had a lot of uh, pitchers uh, that we have worked with recently, uh, especially if we're coming from a lot of um, clients from local physical therapists or orthopedic surgeons has recommended them to come to our place and we have helped them to solve several case, several cases that they weren't able to handle and um, you know just with the NKT the help of NKT uh, just put us on the map of dealing with a lot of um, not only rehab um, reasons but performance way for the baseball players too. 
Yeah. Um, do you have any <clears throat> specific cases that you sure. utilize in case? Yeah, sure. Sure. We that. have uh, many cases. I can think of um, uh, several. Um, recently, last year, we had a, a high school senior um, that a pitcher that wasn't really performing well and come and had a severe shoulder injury, so he had to shut down his uh, junior season and work with PT and and. They needed some help because he wasn't really um, getting better, even though after three months of PT. So we had him come in, uh, went through our assessment, uh, our uh, assessment here at Escape, and we watched him throw as well too. And just something didn't um, feel right. His mechanic was way off. So we had him do certain motions. Uh, at the time, I think with this gentleman, uh, we had him do uh, single leg hip raises. Um, and he just couldn't get his butt off the floor. Uh, when you knew that his glute wasn't firing, and because of it, his mechanic had to change for him to throw hard. So once we got his glute to be activated and um, figured out what was facilitating his um, uh, problems, um, once we addressed those and, and got his mechanic to be um, the way he should be, um, he started to have no pain in his shoulders and everything just went to normal found new mechanics and his velocity jumped and now he's pitching for the division one college even skipping most of his junior and and beginning of the senior year so and then that was just a just one example we have a ton of cases like that where we watch something that's just doesn't look normal and we go through um, certain muscle testing and with the help of NKT protocols we get to really uh, find out what's causing all these issues so the players are amazed by our assessment our process but um, we know without NKT um, it just wouldn't be possible for some of the things that we're doing now awesome awesome and <laughs> and to briefly bring up a lot of trainers always have this question is, you know, oh, I'm not licensed to touch people. So how can I, you know, how can I make it work? So, you know, uh, how do, how do you guys make it work? Sure. You don't necessarily put your hands on a lot of clients. You can ask them to perform. You can show them the exercises. You can show them the, some of the release work using foam rollers or sticks or different tools that you can utilize. So you don't necess necessarily have to um, have your hands on them. So with the proper directions and proper tools, you can easily um, utilize NKT protocols. Um, if you want to really be hands-on and something like I'm doing, uh, I'm taking to uh, become a licensed massage therapist so you can put your hands on too. But uh, you know, going back, you, it's really not necessary. You don't really have to. You just have the clear communication with your clients and directions and you can easily uh, follow the protocols. Awesome. Yeah. And, and as you just mentioned, going to uh, massage school and, and that is the one thing that I, I see commonly when I talk to trainers is they get really fired up. They love what they're doing. They want to take it a step further and be able to touch people. So they get that licensed uh, massage therapy degree just so they can do that because they're not going to be necessarily massaging people, but they want to be able to get in there and touch. So right, right. That, and that's you can a, further your career in health professional um, uh, just by doing that as well, too. So, yeah. Excellent. Awesome. So we always have good con uh, conversations because some of the some of the things you see, especially working with a lot of pitchers, because you look you work with pitchers and not just pitchers, but all athletes, you work with a lot of pitchers of all different ages. Uh, so that one huge thing um, that has been kind of really popular, even in the press, there's a couple articles going around recently, is the incidence of Tommy John surgery. Uh, it's almost like every single pitcher has Tommy John surgery at um, at some point in their career. So um, right. what what are you, some of your thoughts on why that is? Well, uh, right now through current research, um, I guess number one reason is the overuse injuries. Uh, but I have a difference in opinion. Um, yeah, you can definitely limit their uh, pitches and limit their innings and limit their playing time. But to me, the more importantly is the proper mechanic. The reason that um, a lot of things happen with the compensation of you know, for example, utilizing pec monitor too much or your neck or uh, improper breathing can cause a lot of posture issues. I mean, you can name so many things. So just like NKT, if you don't have a proper um, functionality of your uh, body, it can lead to a lot of different damages and injuries, you know. So for me, yes, I do understand the innings and amounts of uh, throws uh, that's important to limit, but how, however, the more importantly to me is learning the proper mechanics, understanding like 
the proper sequence, the kinematic sequence you need to utilize to throw the ball is a whole lot more important than just limiting innings. You know, we have a lot of young children. They're monitored as far as how many pitches and innings and things like that. But, you know, nine out of ten times, actually, it's almost 99% of the time these kids don't have good mechanics. And to me, that's where um, everything starts from and falls apart. So we should definitely pay attention to the mechanical part of the throwing motion prior to limiting times and innings. Is there anything in particular that stands out to you as far as the biomechanics that you see sure. consistently? Sure, and, and this is a part that I really want to um, have most trainers out there training baseball players to understand. It's not necessary to just get them strong and, and to be become a good pitcher or good baseball players. In order to throw the ball, baseball, with the um, right amount of force, you have to understand the kinematic sequence first. For example, if your hips opening up with your shoulder at the same time, you're losing ton amount of torque. Because of it, you're gonna throw your arm out as hard as you can to maintain that speed. So you're overworking. You're not naturally letting your sequence to happen. Because of it, the load on your arms just increases tremendously. So that alone right there, that you can start to damage your arms tremendously by just having a bad mechanic. So. Um, having an understanding what it takes to throw the ball fast, I guess, is the uh, key to the solution here. So instead of just getting their body or increasing the mass, uh, knee body mass, just understanding what the needs are and how to apply that need. So to take it a step further, if you're working with a pitcher, mm-hmm. how does that? What type of exercises do you see? Now, obviously, you do an assessment, but what what is your general go to um, type of type of things? Type Great of question. Well, you have to figure out. You have to know the sport just a little bit. I mean, you don't have to play the sport, but perhaps you can do some research. What's involved in uh, a baseball throw and what's important, what the knees are. So, if I have a, a um, young kid coming in, I, mean, I want to assess a lot of things. Can this kid keep a posture to be able to throw the ball hard? Because without a proper posture, a good posture, um, you're you're not going to maintain that um, the velocity. You're not going to maintain the technique that that you just learned. So, they have to have a strong core, obviously, um, and that's how you're going to keep the great posture. You have to breathe properly so that you're not um, you know, utilizing your diaphragm or neck or pack to uh, increase power or whole stability of your uh, posture or things like that. So for me, um, proper breathing and a posture is is a hierarchy in baseball throws first. And then, you know, you have to teach them how to sequence, uh, sequentially um, turning your hips and shoulder and, you know, elbow and wrist separately so that you can use all the kinematic sequence. Awesome. And then as far as weightlifting, what kind of stuff do you tend, tend to prescribe for uh, weightlifting? For, Perfect. For- uh, we have a system like almost a karate school. You must earn um, to move on to the next sequence or next set of exercises or uh, a weight, for example. If your kid cannot hold your posture or your own body weight, there, there's no reason for me to use a heavy weights or even machineries if my um, athlete cannot you know utilize their own body first uh, they have not earned the rights to move on to the next step so we do a lot of body work uh, body weight stuff um, when they first come in um, with a ton of barefoot stuff in the beginning just make sure that they can handle their ground force when they throw um, so you know we don't put just random kids into a weightlifting right away we, we must make sure that they can handle that first Awesome. Yeah. And uh, that's extremely vital is to make sure that they control their, 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 their breathing and their core before you start to load them. And then are there any key exercises, specific, specific kettlebell type of things um, that you use with, with pitchers Um, even? Yeah, sure. I mean, kettlebell exercises are vital for our uh, baseball players. I mean, it helps tremendously with the grip strength, tremendously with the um, creating tension in the trunk and core. Um, it gives you incredible um, uh, mobility and stability practice, and it's just an amazing tool to utilize for baseball players and all athletes in general. Uh, with our baseball players, it's really important to have a strong backside um, to be able to stabilize their scap and stabilize their back from uh, such a violent motion of throwing. So kettlebell swings and 
um, just ton of exercise like uh, farmers carry, rack carries can really, really enhance their posture work, uh, enhance their uh, throwing mechanics. And so we utilize kettlebells all the time in our training, but they have to earn the right to use kettlebell. You know, they have to go through the body weight exercise prior to. So we really take our time before we start picking up kettlebells to make sure they're ready to handle that kettlebell workouts. Awesome. And, and kind of jumping back going, because it always comes back to my mind, is um, the Tommy John issue, people sure. with overuse injuries. And you had briefly mentioned um, pitch count. Yes. Uh, but it, you know, we've had several conversations about about that because so many parents live and die by the pitch count. Oh, well, my kid only threw this many times. I mean, how realistic is is the pitch count? I think pitch count is something that's out there right now. Uh, it's one of the best tools out there for us to just measure um, the tolerance level of the each athlete. Um, I'm not saying it's the best tool out there, but it's. I mean, I'm not saying it's the best thing that's that's um, available to us, but it's one of the best thing out there that we can use right now to keep our kids uh, safe. Um, but like I said before. Um, we're not really enforcing proper mechanic as much as a pitch count. They have to know the proper mechanics. I think it's more of a people don't know what the proper mechanic is. That's really the problem. So we should really enforce that. And at the same time, the recovery is so important. So um, just doing what you're supposed to be doing. I had a children, I had a um, high school uh, pitcher today coming in for an assessment, and I just watched his normal routine, and he's coming off of Tommy John surgery, 18 months. Um, I was watching his normal routine, and you'd be surprised what he's doing now um, after 18 months of Tommy John surgery, how many wrong things that he's applying <laughs> to his normal routine. And, you know, I just had to tell him and his parents that you got to stop everything that you're doing almost um, because you're about to have a second one if you continue to do this. Yeah, so where do you even start with that? Uh, with this uh, particular uh, high school pitcher that came in today, um, I had – you know, I make him realize why it's wrong. So if my pitcher is, you know, if, if he has thrown 90, 100 pitches yesterday, I'm not going to add on more weight or like a band to go through the same motion the next day. Um, it's, it's, it's almost it's almost a common sense. He went through a lot of work and he needs some rest period and he had to work on the things that supports the movement, not necessarily doing it even harder or with weight. So a lot of guys are using bands, which is great. I, I use bands all the time, but they have to pitch. You shouldn't be uh, doing a lot of you know, fly motions and external rotation motion with the resistance band because you just do, you just did a hundred times with the same motion day before. So I guess um, a lot of kids aren't just taught right, and unfortunately, it goes to the coaches, strength coaches, even a therapist that really doesn't know the whole mechanic of. Uh, what causes these injuries and they may hear uh, band exercises are great so you just have the kids just you know do it for um, just sake of it, it that might not be the best thing for them <laughs> right now yeah, and that that kind of reminds me of another conversation we had which is warm up um, I had told you about a, a softball pitcher that has come to my office and um, they have her doing these um, wrist flicks I think it's called for her warm up when she's pitching. <laughs> I mean, she's pitching nonstop, tons of pitches, yet she's warming up doing like a hundred or so of these wrist flicks, yet she came in with forearm pain. So, right. I, I mean, is that an appropriate warm up for us? For I, a I mean, to, to me, um, you, you got to find the knees always. Um, I think a lot of strength coaches or, um, you know, therapists and coaches make a mistake on if they hear some exercise is great, they think it's. The answer to almost everything and the answer that I always um, give to my trainers uh, my staff are it, everything just depends you know one thing cannot be the answer to everything you always have to think it as what if or it depends um, this softball player you're mentioning I really guess it depends but there, there's a pain associated with your movement that, that should just give you almost a, a common sense alert saying that that's not a great thing for them right away. So there's a there's a reason they shouldn't be doing it, especially if your pain is associated with it. Um, you definitely want to refer out to some people that know what they're doing like yourself. Yeah, because that, I mean, that was one thing. I mean, I don't 
see a ton of softball pitchers, but we see a couple, and I just was kind of blown away that that was the drill given to her by her pitching coach, um, yet she still had this problem. So, I, yeah, I think, as you're saying here, is the biggest breakdown is the assessment. Right. That these or people, does she need that? Right. Maybe does some she other girls that? might need that. Maybe they don't understand how to utilize a wrist flick or uh, that type of mechanic, but does this child need that? You know, that's the question that you want to ask. Is she bad at it? <laughs> or if she's having some pain doing it, well, maybe there's something uh, that's not uh, causing the issue or that's causing the issue and she's having a problem with it, obviously, because of the pain. Exactly. Yeah, it just it, it seems common sense, I think, when you t- say it out loud, but it's just right. it does amaze me that there's, you know, and it's like that, I guess, in any profession, you know, if you got a if the only tool you have is a hammer, you know, everything looks like a nail. You're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. But the reality is people have all different issues and you got to have some sort of assessment to do it. Um, And that's, again, one awesome thing about what you're doing in in, in facilities like you. I know there's some people around the country doing similar type of thing. And that just stands out. And I think that's got to be the future is you can't just have people doing the same exercises. If someone has shoulder issues, you got to break it down and you can't just jump right back in and start doing snatches. You got to start from the ground up and then and then progress to it. So, um, you know, that is a huge thing that I see in your place all the time and all your trainers. It's amazing watching them and listening to them and seeing things, watch them, you know, peel back today. Someone was having back pain other than myself (laughs) and, um, they, you know, Moses, uh, one of your trainers just peeled him back to an easier exercise until he didn't have pain. Yeah. Uh, We had, you know, I was training a client and, um, I was able to watch, um, one of a new kid came in as a lacrosse player. So we were doing some assessment and we had him do a lot of lifts that he's actually doing in school, in high school. And we noticed right away that his technique was off and he wasn't able to, um, I think it was a deadlift. He wasn't able to deadlift. Um, just, uh, it wasn't a huge amount of weight, but he just wasn't able to control his core. He, go, he went into a rounding his back and he had a, a flexion of his spine right away. So after doing some correctives to control his core and put him back on a deadlift position, he was doing it perfectly. So I think that's the advantage of uh, our staff and we can see things and we can correct things and not by our cues and we can come up with different drills and correctives to fix those movement. And I think that's the future of training right now. Yeah, I think it's got to be. And, um, you know, I know every so often I see you go and in, in, in speak and, and teach some workshops yourself. What what kind of workshops do you teach? I think you spoke at a, at a training school. Is that right? Sure, yes. Um, I do volunteer work at um, a lot of schools. I, I've done some um, talks for around university health and exercise department. Um, we are... Escape is actually the official internship site for the uh, senior internship for their health and exercise science department. Uh, I've also taught at um, um, National Tra- Personal Training Institute in Philadelphia. Um, I was the uh, assistant uh, professor there uh, teaching classes uh, in anatomy and uh, mechanics of uh, uh, biomechanics. And I've done some consulting work for different uh, colleges. And I really feel that... Um, giving back to students and student bodies and trainers and athletic trainers is quite important because they're going to go out there and teach other kids. And not that I'm complaining and that I don't, I should, I feel like I shouldn't be always fixing people when they come in. I want to be out there promoting what's the right things to do so that I don't have to always fix people when they come in. Yeah. And, um, you recently did a, a a baseball specific workshop, right? At your place. And, um, what was that about exactly? Sure. Um, I ran some pitching camp with the townhouse staff um, locally. Um, it was a great turnout. We had kids from all along the East Coast, from Florida to up in New York, even up in New England area. So that was a great um, a workshop and um, a great uh, um, camp that we ran. Um, I've also done some coaches clinic at our place uh, just to understand letting the coaches know how to teach, what to teach, what not to do, uh, so that we're not causing any injuries to these young athletes. Yeah, so do you have plans to uh, to teach more on a bigger scale? Yes, definitely. I mean, I want to save these kids' arms, and I want to save 
um, a lot of baseball players and just overhead athletes. I want to make sure they understand how to do things in, uh, correctly. So I'm hugely interested in doing um, coaches clinic or a parents clinic or a players clinic, just understanding how to be um, how to uh, perform properly, properly and doing things in the right way. Yeah, that that's great stuff. And and again, I'm I'm very interested in the Tom House stuff. So what what kind of stuff does he does he teach at his at his classes? Um, he, he's just a, he's a researcher. He's a um I consider him a godfather of uh, sports science in baseball. Um, he played in a major league level. I don't think he was hugely successful, but he def he played in a. Uh, organization like Boston Red Sox and he was the pitching coach at Texas Rangers. Um, he's responsible for changing Nolan Ryan, Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, all the big name pitchers, uh, their careers. Um, he was always uh, and does things in an orthodox way. Uh, he's pretty much a pioneer of coming up with new concepts and drills, what works for a different athlete. I do understand now he's hugely involved in NFL quarterbacks. So he has worked with guys like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, and recently finished working with Tim Tebow. Uh, I feel uh, fortunate to be working with him and learning from him even more. Um, his concept is understanding how to uh, sequentially uh, utilizing torque in uh, overhead athletes, so understanding the uh, proper concept and proper turn and how to um, apply those drills to make each athlete better. That sounds like pretty amazing stuff, actually. I mean, no one around here is really utilizing that, those concepts. Yeah, I mean, right? you know, I'm pretty lucky that I got to meet him and introduce him to some kettlebell exercises and some correctives. So uh, I know he's very interesting to um, hear from me and what I have to offer to the concept of uh, his workshop and future workshop uh, around the country. Nice, and you mentioned you're going to spend some time out there with him. That sounds like yes, I'll be flying out to USC. Um, I just have to pick the date between September and October. I'm spending a week with their team and um, Mr. House, so it'll be pretty exciting. Yeah, it sounds like a opportunity of a lifetime right there. It's a pretty amazing. Awesome. Well, um, you know, we've talked about a bunch of things here. Um, I'm just curious. Any? Uh, I know you work with all kinds of uh, at types of athletes. Any other specific sports that you see a bunch with football players? Do you work with? Yeah, we have. You know, we have football players, lacrosse players, uh, field hockey. Uh, we have almost about every type of athletes in our center. I think what makes us different is. We can address their issues. A lot of people will come in, I want to do this better, I want to do that better. And we listen and we let them understand why they can't do those things. So instead of just doing you know, a whole bunch of exercise or their good exercise as on Men's Health Magazine or different type of uh, marketing and materials out there, we really watch our clients and we figure out what makes them not be able to do certain movements. And it doesn't have to be baseball, and we can apply to our science to any sports that's out there, and we can definitely help everyone that's in need of a higher performance or injury recovery. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Again, it always uh, blows my mind when I think about what you're doing and the athletes that you're working with, and you know the patients that you do send me. Uh, they talk nothing uh, but good things about you and your staff, and and how attentive you are, and how how much they love what you're doing. So it, I know that you do an amazing job over there, and that you've been doing it now for a while. So I'm sure that you have things. You know, what would you say is your favorite thing about what you do? Uh, just being able to see our athletes or kids, um, you know, smile and play more and, the le you know, increase the level of their play that they weren't capable of being before. So just seeing them, um, you know, sending us a car and, you know, letting us know how well they're doing. You know, I recently had a, a field hockey player. Um, she was not testing well. She was not playing well. She had a decent freshman year, uh, just was going back to sophomore year, and she's dedicated this whole summer uh, for to test better for her their uh, conditioning and their uh, strength testing in the fall and she sent me a text message the other day that she couldn't believe what she has done she was um, in lead for every category that was out there from running to lifting and squatting and benching and every test that she was doing she blew everybody away and just seeing those kind of messages hmm. um, I, I think is the greatest reward for us yeah that's 
pretty amazing. And um, are there things? I mean, it sounds like you got an awesome job going on. Are there things that you don't like about your job that you see? Maybe you know, you know. Right now, I have two little kids, and I wish I saw them more. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, a lot of demanding hours right now is um, is the only bad part. And um, but you know, I, I guess I love what I do, and doesn't really feel like work. Uh, but I do plan to work in more efficient way where I, I, I would like to teach a little bit more so that I can um, not only just do things by myself, but I can apply our philosophy, our method to uh, a ton of people out there. Just what NKT community is doing. I mean, I know the community is just growing by the numbers. I remember when I started a few years ago, it was a very tight, small community. Now it has grown to hundreds, maybe thousands of people that's out there. And that's exactly the way I want to go about my job is that I don't want to just be the only trainer that knows what I'm doing and around this area. I want to make sure like everybody around this area uh, to expand our knowledge and continue to work so that we can grow together. That sounds awesome, without a doubt. And, um, you know, obviously, as you're filling in the people, and I know at your place it gets pretty packed in the afternoon and evening hours. Do you uh, you have expansion uh, on your mind? Yes, right now we're, uh, we're doing some expansion work uh, with the local uh, places. We, we're definitely expanding, but, you know, in the future, I definitely want to come up with some kind of school system that, uh, that I've mentioned to you about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that, that is a good idea and a good plan. We can talk about that later on. Um, excellent. And um, all right. Well, um, you know, any I mean, you have such great information. I think what you the, the what you have, the inf- the knowledge with the baseball players and applying NKT with the tra- I mean, that's such a unique uh, field here. And I think that a lot of people would uh, appreciate uh, your advice and help. So uh, I will put this out there that if you're interested in, in learning more from Christian, feel free to contact uh, him or me and uh, sure. maybe we can uh, get you set up that way he can come and speak to you guys because he's just a valuable resource here and um, I enjoy uh, uh, working with him, uh, both being trained by him and working together with him uh, so uh, he's just a, a wonderful person here and I'm just thrilled that he's on uh, the podcast tonight. Anything else that you'd like to say as we start to wind down here sure I, I really want to uh, speak to any coaches or um, therapists that are out there um, so two things that I always um, tell my staff one is always depends you know don't think of just one answer that covers everything whether it's a modality or tool or a method or any kind of principle that's out there the one doesn't apply to everyone so always if I start the worst if I start the case by saying it depends it can really help me to understand and grow um, and, and, and tap into the world that, that's available, that's out there. And the second thing that I want to leave with is try to watch our clients. Um, and not necessarily just watching and looking at them, just understand how they move, how they talk, how they lean, how they stand, how they walk. They might give you a ton of answers before you even ask the questions. So being able to precisely watch your clients is the key to a lot of the answers. Awesome. And, and you know, one thing that I tremendously respect about you is that you tell it like it is. And I know, you know, some, some parents, uh, you know, they put their kids in, you know, five different teams and they're traveling all around. But you have uh, no problem telling parents that they're probably doing a little too much and that they need to rest. Uh, would you agree with that? I have no doubt. I mean, sometimes you have to understand less is more, uh, especially with the overuse injuries and, and the sports they play. You know, I, you know, I am so... Second by a lot of um, uh, like AU teams or travel team in, in many sports, how they just brutally utilize these young kids and just for a sake of winning a game or a championship or some sort. So um, if we're actually in a plan to start our own organization um, to be a forefront of, um, a, I guess in my world, the proper way to run uh, AU program, um, but I want to really mention it to all the parents out there. Sometimes less can be more. Sometimes sitting back and, and recovering and watching and learning proper things could be the key for your success too. So, you know, don't overuse your kids at this out there. Just because your son's playing um, one less team than the other kid doesn't mean they're not going to make 
uh, you know, high school or college teams. You know, I always talk about in camps and high school and college camps, the chance of making into the big league is so slim to none. So you better come up with a, a backup answer. Yeah, and that's where the, the parents uh, get uh, short-sighted there because I know as a parent, I, I want to think my kid's the greatest, but I know that uh, that uh, my kid's probably not going to go to the Olympics. I mean, they might be talented, but they're, you know, uh, I'm not uh, going to think that that's it. So I need to, when I'm thinking as a parent, they're training, I need to make sure they're not doing overuse things. So, you know, allowing my kid to pitch on multiple teams uh, you know, and kind of where I was going with a little bit with the pitch count thing before is these people come in, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, he pitched, he only pitched this mount, you know, on this day. Well, what do you do the next day? Oh, yeah, he pitched, uh, he had this pitch count. <laughs> right. And then what about in practice the, the day after? Oh, yeah, he threw a ton of pitches, you know, and it, it just seems I'm, I am just seeing uh, with the bad biomechanics, you know, really driving it up to the wall with, with, with these uh, people overusing these kids. Sure. And, and I mean, that, big, big leaguers, you know, they get a four or five day rest. So, you know, I know kids are out here. They're not, they're not as strong as the big leaguers and they're not, they don't have the better mechanics as the big leaguers. And if they're resting four or five days between pitching, you might want to think about how many days you should be resting. Yeah, and and a big thing on that that you pointed out to me too is the off season, right? right? I mean, they're not throwing for a couple months, right? Well, you know, I'm I'm not hugely against like throwing in off season, but I'm against throwing a lot and very hard, right? Um, for different teams and not giving your body any kind of chance to recover and reset and retool and to work on mechanics to get better. So a lot of young kids, uh, you know, it, it's a huge issue these days with the coaches and parents thinking that being able to go on a showcase and playing tournament is the way to be successful. Well, if you have a bad mechanics and you're not doing really well, what good does it do to show up your, you know, poor uh, performance in a showcase tournament? So, you know, I highly encourage kids out there, parents out there, play different sports, multiple sports. Have some fun, have some rest time, climb trees, do whatever you need to do, go out and bike, just have some fun and relax and give your body some chance to recover. Awesome. Well, that is wonderful advice. And I think we'll wrap up on that note. So uh, before I do, uh, any final words that you'd like to say? No, I really appreciate um, you having me on tonight. And NKT has really, really changed my career um, has given me such a great tool to see things in a way that I have not been able to see years before. So I really, truly thank you for that. <laughs> and all those trainers and coaches out there, uh, don't be afraid to take another step forward for any unknown and, and tap into the areas that you have not seen before because we can always get better and I always learn every single day. So thank you for that, Eric. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I know we've been talking about this for a little while, and finally we just said, hey, we got to do it. So I'm so glad we had the chance, and uh, I got to pick your brain a little bit here because I always enjoy our conversations and um, always gets me fired up about not only seeing people but educating people because that's a big thing with you is getting people to understand what they're doing wrong and, 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 and that they need to make changes. And, um, you know, again, and the other thing as we talked about is your eye on the assessment just blows me away, especially when it's correcting me. <laughs> I always enjoy that. So excellent. Well, um, you can find Christian on Facebook. Um, you can find his uh, Escape Medford, right? Is that what they would? Yes, escapemedford.com. Escapemedford.com. Um, you can contact him through there or through the NKT Scholars page. I'm sure he's around there. Sure. Um, but um, awesome. Well, it was an absolute pleasure uh, speaking with him and I'd just also like to thank everybody for uh, joining us here on episode 29. Uh, I have a couple things coming up. I'll be teaching a level one in Amsterdam in October and 
If it's not, it's pretty close to being sold out. So I'm ecstatic about that. It's our first time being there. And I haven't been there since my honeymoon um, 18 and a half years ago. So I'm pretty <laughs> excited to get back there again. I'll be teaching a level one in Philadelphia in in, in November. Uh, also, I'll be going back to, De- uh, to Arizona in December. We're building up a great group out there. So hopefully we can get a good class out there so that... Um, that um, we can come back and do a level two. I know we have some exciting people taking the class uh, out there, um, but I won't talk too much about that. But uh, some people that have their own uh, uh, technique and they're ta- they're joining us, so very excited uh, to have them in the class. I'll be back in North Jersey in the Montclair area, a little different location at Montclair State University uh, on their campus in in Parabolic, uh, its second location in January to do another level one, and then. We'll be back again, as I mentioned, I'll be going back to Amsterdam in March for another level one. Uh, Hopefully we're working on getting a date for Kansas City, uh, Washington, D.C., and hopefully we've got some other things cooked up, another level two in New Jersey as well, and we've got some other ideas going there. But more importantly, or most importantly, is next month in September is our first ever, hopefully not our last, our first ever symposium, NKT Symposium in San Diego. You don't have to be certified to go. You just had to have taken a class. We do have level-specific work. Workshops, as I mentioned earlier in the program, uh, there's going to be some incredible, exciting new information. Each of our instructors have been posting over the past month or so, and um, you know there was a great post by Caroline Watson on the limbic system. Uh, I am very much looking forward to seeing her speak. I had interviewed her. Uh, recently or not recently in the past on the podcast and she's phenomenal as well as all the other speakers so please join us I'm looking forward to meeting everybody in person and eating a lot of cookies uh, because that's uh, one of the things I like to do Uh, as always your feedback is appreciated so feel free to send me an email at Cairo rehab at hotmail.com or or you know the best place that you can find me uh, most of the time is on Facebook, so we can connect on Facebook. Send me a friend request. Uh, Be sure to like the Inside the Brain Facebook page. Feel free to share these podcasts with anybody you think might be interested in um, in NKT. Or as we talked about tonight, we talked a lot about training and 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 and, and baseball. I think that's valuable information that that anybody can utilize. So feel free to share this uh, podcast with everyone. Again, thanks for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you. <laughs>